Hey, my name is Parker Manuel, pastor of Pinewood Church in Boulder, Colorado, where our mission is to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus. Hope you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to Church at Home. Wherever you are today, we're so glad that you're joining us. You know, maybe you are new to the faith journey and you're jumping on. We just want to thank you. Maybe you've been a part of our journey from the very beginning. Thank you for joining us. We are wrapping up the conversation today on history in the making. And man, it's an honor that we get to do this together. I don't know where you are, but maybe you're in a position today saying, I need a vacation. Maybe you're saying, man, I feel really uncomfortable right now. I need a retreat. I need to get away. And I really think that there's a reason that we're all feeling this disconnect or needing this disconnect right now. And I think a lot of that comes down to that we are really uncomfortable right now. 2020, I think we can all agree that 2020 has been a year of discomfort. But man, what if we don't discount 2020? What if we lean in and say, 2020 isn't canceled. 2020 isn't over. We're gonna lean into the uncomfortable because I really believe that God has something for us in the middle of this uncomfort. You know, we were just talking last night about all the events that have taken place in 2020. And there have been so many. Yeah, I actually didn't even realize all that had happened. You know, many of the events that we were thinking about that I was thinking that were last year were actually this year. And I'm going to read just a few of these events to us, of all of these historic events that have happened just in 2020 alone. And look, we're only halfway through 2020. January 7th, the World Health Organization is notified of the novel coronavirus. January 20, the first coronavirus case hits the United States first in Washington, D.C. January 26th, a day that we will never forget, is when Kobe and Gigi Bryant passed away with seven other passengers in a tragic helicopter accident in California. Then on February 23rd, this is the day that Ahmaud Aubrey, an unarmed 25-year-old African-American man, was fatally shot in Georgia. March 13th, this was the day that Trump declared a national emergency due to the coronavirus pandemic. March 13th, this is when a Louisville police officer executed a search warrant using a battery ram to cram into the apartment of 26-year-old Brianna Taylor. And after the confrontation, they fired several shots, striking her dead. March 16th, this is when the Dow plunged 2,997 points to the worst drop since 1987. March 24th, the 2020 Summer Olympics, which was supposed to happen in Tokyo, were postponed to 21. May 19th, the apologist, the theologian, and pastor Ravi Robbie, Robbie Zacharias died after a two-month battle with cancer. May 25th. This is a a, a day also we'll never forget. George Floyd, a 46-year-old black man, was killed in Minnesota during an arrest for allegedly a counterfeit bill. June 7th, 
Pastor Jorge Gonzalez passed away after a fight with COVID. And we're praying for his family right now. This is a pastor in our network. And then on June 7th, we found out that Pastor Tim, Timothy Keller, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And I think, you know, when you take a pause to just read through all of these events and the weight of everything from a global pandemic to pastors and theologians and apologists that we have loved and respected our entire lives and looked up to and tragic events there to the racial unrest that's happening all over our nation right now. I think it's safe to say that 2020 has been a very challenging, a very difficult and a heavy year. And amidst this, we've done our best as your pastors to try to shepherd you in such a way to give you a right perspective, a biblical perspective, and to give you the tools that we feel like that could help you with all of these challenges. And some of the themes that we've covered up to this point are faith. We've covered uh, hope. Uh, week three, we talked about provision. Week four, we, we talked about reconciliation. And then last week, we looked at empathy. How can we truly walk with people and weep with people. And today, we want to leave you with, we're, we're concluding our History in the Making series, and we want to leave you with the theme of obedience. Obedience. What does it look like to walk with God through all of these challenges and to maintain a personal, intimate relationship with Him and obedience? Because we, we truly believe that God is at work in this season. And you're like, God is at work. What do you even mean by that? And it's my hope that in our time together that we can truly see how God is at work, but not only how God is at work, but how we as followers of Jesus can join him in his work. Let's look in the Bible. First John chapter four, and let's look at verse seven through eight. First John chapter four, verses seven through eight. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you don't have a Bible, then I want to encourage you to download the YouVersion app. It's a free app on your phone and you can follow along with us there. It says this, dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. Would you pray for us? Yeah, Jesus, we are grateful that we recognize that you are in this space with us, but you are also in this space and the spaces of every single person watching right now. Jesus, there's been a lot of unrest that has not caught you by surprise. There's been a lot of discomfort in this season. And Jesus, what is so beautiful is that you are still at work. And we declare your name over our circumstances today. We declare your name, Jesus, over our country. And so, Jesus, as we lean in to learn what it actually looks like to experience you in the middle of a crisis, Jesus, would you speak? Would you do what only you can do, which is, which is lunch through this broadcast and meet every single person right where they are today? Jesus, we love you. We're grateful for you. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray, amen. You know, the title of the message today is His Work. His Work. 
We have to know and experience the heart of God in order to do the work of God. We have to know and experience the heart of God to be able to know what work to do. You know, the Christian life is not about us just doing. It is all about what is God, what is God doing in us and doing through us. Man, if I allow my flesh to speak, what that actually looks like is retreat some days. It looks like hiding some days. Some days it looks like speaking out before he's called me to speak out. Some days it looks like just charging hell with a squirt gun and saying the words and believing the words that I feel like I've put in my mouth that really aren't from God at all. And some days we wanna get ahead of him. You know, when we first got married, um, we knew we were called to ministry. And honestly, that's just a big, really fancy word that means we're called to love and serve people full time. And um, it's an honor that we get to do that together. Such a privilege. But when we first started in this ministry, um, someone had taken us through a study called Experiencing God. Some of our mentors that were pouring into us was the first step, honestly, on our mentor journey with them. They said, we have to read this book together. And as we began journeying through this book of Experiencing God, honestly, it shook us. It shook us from just the inside out, from our hearts and our minds to our actions as to what it would actually look like to experience God's work and to join Him in that work. I mean, I'll never forget going through that study and it has shaped how we live. It shapes how we think. It shapes how we raise our children at home. It shapes how we lead in the middle of a crisis. It has shaped us to the core of our being. And so we just wanna share some of those practical things that we've learned over the years and seven steps that this book leads us into as to the seven steps towards experiencing God. So we're gonna leave you with seven steps, okay? So I hope you have your notebook out, text a friend, tell them to chime in right now because it's gonna be life-changing, a word that the Lord has for us all today. You know, the first step is that we have to realize that God is at work all around us. And just like Parker said a second ago, man, some of you may be sitting at home and going, you mean God's at work right now? And I wanna encourage you that He is. And the beauty of him at work right now is that he is in the work of reconciliation. You know, we're hearing that word a lot right now, especially in our world, that we wanna see the black and white community. We wanna see reconciliation amidst them. We wanna see unity in our country. But you know what? This is why God sent his son Jesus to earth is so that he could be the answer to reconciliation. We don't have all the answers to reconciliation, but he does. And so the work that he is doing right now is the work of reconciliation. And we get the opportunity to join him in that work. So if you're saying, where is God in this crisis? He is at work right in the middle of it. He is reconciling our hearts to him. He is speaking to you. He is working. But the first step is that we have to realize that he's at work. We have to wake up and acknowledge that he's at work, that he's in the middle of the crisis. 
that he's not asleep, that the Holy Spirit is not asleep in quarantine, in the middle of COVID, that he is working and that he is moving. I mean, I think you need to answer today. Do you believe, this is the first step, do you believe that God is at work right now? If the answer is no, then where did he go? When is he gonna come back? Why did he leave us? But if your answer is yes, then we can be awakened to say that we can actually join him in the work. I mean, there's been many days in this season that we've, we felt really tired and exhausted and worn down. And, you know, we eventually have to pause and say, why are we feeling this? What is the root of that feeling? Is it because God left us? Or are we allowing the voices of media, the voices of the newspapers, the voices of our friends and family, the voices can be so loud and drain out God's voice. And there's been so many days that we've, we've been tired. You know, in this season, it's been, it's been a journey. And there's been days like that that we've just had to look and say, you know what, God is at work. We're just listening to the wrong voices. And that's when we actually can lean in to his work. That's really good. Uh, you can obviously see who the better preacher is in the house. I mean, oh my gosh, could you just, can you just finish? And I'll, I mean, come on, that is, that's really good. Babe. That's a good word. Uh, the second step that I want us to lean into in our time together is that God pursues a continuing love relationship with you. Check this out. That is real and personal. The first step and the continued step after that is going to be a love and personal relationship with a holy God. He is the one pursuing you. Did you catch that? He's the one pursuing you. He's the one leaning into you. Not only is he not absent, not only is he not walked away or sleeping, but he is leaning in to a relationship with you. The question is, are we pursuing, are we leaning in to a relationship, a real love, authentic relationship with Jesus? How are we supposed to love others, respond towards others, care for others without having experienced and without knowing God? As we read in the text, that's what the scripture says. It's impossible for you to love without first having been born of God and know God because God is love. So first, yes, for sure, we need to realize that he's at work. Second, we need to pursue that God is pursuing a love relationship with us and that we need to pursue a love relationship with him. I get asked this question all the time uh, from people in our church and people that I love. They say, how can I know the will of God? I think that's a very great question to ask, especially in the middle of everything that we're going through right now as a nation and around the world. How do I know what God wants me to do? What's his will for my life right now? I think the answer is going to always be to lean into a personal relationship with God. How can you know God's will for your life if you're distant from him? The only way that we can truly hear his voice is when we get close to him. We say, God, what are you calling me to do? God, what does your word say? God, I want to hear you speak. 
And he does that through a love relationship with him. I think oftentimes for myself, I am a strategist. I'm a futurist. I love to look ahead to the future. And so for me, even in this season, I am, I'm strategizing everything. I am dreaming for the future. I'm making plans. Even the first day that this happened, I wasn't overwhelmed. I said, you know what? There's going to be a global pandemic. We're going to serve more than we've ever served. We're going to give more than we've ever. I took it on as like a personal challenge. Like, I'm going to, we're going to, we're coming out better on the other end of this thing. But then it started to happen to me and I began to really wrestle with what you're wrestling with and what we're all wrestling with and the tensions there and the feeling of being overwhelmed. And I I remember very much so the same mentor, the same person that outlines these seven realities in the book, Experiencing God, is is a good friend of ours and and a mentor. And I remember one time I was doing this exact same thing and he leaned in and he told me, Parker, don't strategize beyond the Holy Spirit. It's not that your strategy is bad, but is that the Spirit leading you to do that? Did the Spirit speak that over your life? Because even if you think the strategy is worse, but the Spirit's telling you to do it, you're going to find God's favor, God's anointing. I just want to invite you right now. God wants a personal relationship with you. Are you pursuing a personal relationship with Him? As you begin to listen to His voice and lean in a relationship, step number three is you're going to experience Him inviting you into something special. Step number three is this. God invites you, invites you. Isn't that just crazy to think about to begin with? Like, God, the creator of the, the universe, invites me. I'm not the best candidate. You ever feel that way? Like if God's going to use somebody, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for him to use the best candidate. But no, God invites us all to join him, to become involved with him in his work. The same God that offers forgiveness that we don't deserve, hope of heaven that we don't deserve, a relationship with God that we don't deserve the God that lavishes his love and grace over our lives says, Hey, I'm going this way. Do you want to come? Isn't that special? Don't you want to hear from God and say yes to the invitation that he's calling us to today? I think this is a very humbling and tremendous opportunity that we all have in this season is to say yes to an invitation from God. Think about an invitation. Let's get really practical. If you invite me to your birthday party, I'm going to do everything in my power to show up for you to your birthday party, and we make every effort for that. You know, when we invite you to church, it's something really special that we want you to be a part of because we believe that God is at work in our church when you're passionate about something, when you believe in something, and you, you believe that people are going to receive life and love as a result of it, then you're bringing them an invitation. God is bringing us into an invitation to something that can radically transform our lives and our city. The question is, are we listening? Yeah, and that, that listening piece honestly just brings us to that, that fourth reality, and that is that God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, through prayer, through circumstances in the church to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. May God speaks. Come on. That's good good news for us today. That he hasn't just called us to join a work with him. He actually speaks and tells us where he's at work. 
And I don't know about you, maybe you've um, done this before, you know, you've looked for God to speak and like writing it out, you know, writing on the wall. Oh, yeah. How amazing. That would be so good. That would be, <laughs> be so good. Or in your Cheerios, you know, spell it out. Why do they say Cheerios? Because there's not like letters. I guess no. it spells out through your Cheerios. I don't know. Um, or through, you know, writing in the clouds. Maybe that's kind of what you've had it in your mind of how God speaks and therefore you're missing his voice altogether. You're waiting for an audible sound. You're waiting for the writing. You're waiting for someone to verbally speak it to you. And God's like, no, I'm always at work. And here's, here's, the, here's the good news. He's always speaking. That's right. He's always speaking. That's right. The question really should be, are we listening? Are we listening? Because he's speaking and he's moving. He's inviting us. Are we listening? And you know, some of those ways, like I had said, the Bible, he speaks through the Bible. Maybe you're, you're waiting to hear God's voice, but you're not opening the word. I wanna encourage you to get in the word of God. He will speak through the word of God. Maybe you're, you're still in that process of seeking who God is. And you have a lot of questions, you have doubts. You're in a circumstance right now that you doubt God more than you've ever doubted God. And you're wanting to absorb those circumstances and do it alone and question God from a distance. But really God is saying like, if you just bring those questions to me, I'm gonna speak to you in the middle of your doubt. I'm gonna speak to you in the middle of your circumstance. And I'm gonna tell you who I am, that I'm not gonna leave you. I'm not gonna forsake you. And actually I have a purpose for your pain. I have a purpose for your circumstance that I'm gonna bring you out of it. I'm gonna show you where I'm at work in the middle of your struggle and I'm gonna allow you to join me in it. But we have to be listening to his voice. We have to allow his voice to be louder than our voice. We have to let his voice be louder than the enemy's voice. You know, someone had told me, I read this in a book as I was learning more of what it looked like to hear the voice of God. And here's just three practical things that you can take with you today as far as when you're trying to identify the voice of God. Typically that first voice is the enemy's voice or the, the God's voice, I'm sorry. The first voice you hear is God's voice. The second voice you typically hear is the enemy's voice. And the third voice is yourself. And let me just give you a practical example. You're sitting on an airplane. This happens to us a lot. And we're sitting on an airplane, not recently, you know, COVID, but, you know, we're sitting on an airplane and God calls us. Clearly, there's a whisper that says, I want you to pray for the person sitting next to you. Yeah. Clearly, that was not my voice. It was not my idea because I have my AirPods in and I'm ready to jam out to my, you know, favorite music and just kind of put my eyes back. That's clearly God's voice. But the second voice is saying, oh no, that person doesn't need, that person doesn't need prayer. And then by that third voice, you're, you've already talked yourself out of praying for that person. So let me encourage you today, align that first voice with God's heart through scripture, through circumstance, through prayer, through other people, and then listen as he speaks to you. It's a huge, that's a huge step in this process. I'd like to, something that hit me when you said that was, think about our reality right now. And um, you see something happen that's tragic and somebody that you know personally, or maybe it's you, ha had been diagnosed with COVID and your heart breaks for that. I mean, that's, 
brothers and sisters of Christ, you know, love one another, and, and our heart breaks for that person, and you think, oh, I, I really want to reach out to them, or I really want to post about something related to my friend, but, but then all of a sudden, there's the other voice that you, that you talked about, and then all of a sudden, you start to convince yourself, well, if I post about that, then maybe people will think that, you know, I'm really sensitive, or maybe people will think that I'm one of these people or those people, and, and then you rationalize yourself out of doing something that you already felt initially that God was calling me to kind of step out and really show this person some love, or, or maybe that's even, I mean, think about every scenario we're dealing with right now, or maybe you uh, got off the phone call with, uh, and you're white, and you got off the phone call with a black brother or a black sister that shared with you something that's going on in their life, and, and you're like, oh, I'm so, oh, man, that, I didn't know that you went through that and your heart begins to break and, and you become really compassionate. But then the enemy's voice says, well, you can be compassionate about it, but don't, don't let anybody know or because you're going to be ex- considered an extremist one way or the other or, or how does it feel to be called an activist? And, and you start, and that voice starts to wrestle in your mind and then you start to convince yourself and you start to do research and you say, well, actually, like, like maybe it really doesn't matter. And you see what I'm saying? Like in, in every situation that we're living in, that's so true. Like God is speaking through his word, through prayer, through other people. But the question is like, what voice is the loudest? You know, in my life right now, I want God's voice to be the loudest. And, 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 and we're going to move on because it's, it's not just hearing the word. It's not just being able to identify, was that God's voice or was that the enemy or, or was that my voice. I just want to tell you right now, as far as empathizing with people and loving people and serving people, the enemy is never going to call you to do that. (laughs) As we know from scripture, the enemy is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the enemy's role. So if you're like, God's calling me to empathize with this person, there's a good chance that's God. What do we do with that when we hear that? Fifth is God invites you to work with him. And it always leads you to what's called a crisis of belief that requires faith and action. We don't, as followers of Jesus, we don't want to just be hearers of the word, hearers of God's voice. We want to be doers, people of action. What did I say? I've said this the last couple of weeks in a row. Compassion without action is indifference. Hearing from God without obeying is disobedience. We're called to obey the voice of God. And there's a difference here. I'm, I'm going to tell, tell you verse uh, step number six as well, and then I want to differentiate the two. Step number six is this. You must make major adjustments in your life to join God in what he is doing. Right, so the first is identifying, okay, that is the voice of God, and I know this is what he's called me to. Now I'm in a crisis of belief. Am I going to say yes, or am I going to say no? If I say yes, then it could cost me some money. It could cost me my reputation. It could cost me some time, some energy. But I want to go ahead and tell you right now, if you say no to what God is calling you to do, it's going to cost much more than that. So you, you say yes to God in the moment of this crisis of belief moment. And then number six is you have to make some adjustments. And I want to ask you right now, if, if God is calling you in this season to step out in faith, to step out in action, and you know that was God's voice, what in your life do you need to adjust? And I want to get really practical with you. Uh, we have adjusted every area of our life, it feels like. And it's been super uncomfortable. And if it were up to me, for sure, I would want to go 
back to normal. I'd want to do life as, as we've always done it before. But the reality is we're in a new season, new chapter, new season. And God's calling us into more, something bigger. And so we've had to adjust our family routine, our personal time. We've had to adjust our budget. You see, when God calls you to something significant and he calls you to obedience, it is going to come at a cost. A call always comes with a cost. And in scripture, what do we see when Jesus was obedient to God to step out? What cost did Jesus pay for you and for me? He laid down his life. Jesus paid it all and all to him we owe. When Jesus calls us to join him, he's not calling us to take casual steps of obedience to say, okay, God, I'm going to walk you with, with you for a season. And then if I like the direction we're going, maybe I'll continue going. No, he's calling us to leave our nets, to leave the dead, to leave our careers, to leave everything that we thought that we knew and to step out in faith and say, God, I'm going to follow you wherever you lead. Even if it means that people are going to hate me, I promise you, when you step out in faith, when you obey what God is calling you to do, you will be hated. Jesus said that. If we're not being hated, if we are not getting emails, not getting DMs with people coming at us, not getting criticism, are we walking in step with the enemy? You got to ask yourself. I've asked myself this question because there's been, there's even been times over the last five or six weeks where I've told Jess, my goodness, this does not feel good at all. This is super uncomfortable. Why are people like this? And I've tried so hard to fight getting angry at people or bitter towards people. And, and I've had these, this wrestle in my spirit because I, I want people to like me. I want to love people. I want to be the guy that, that makes everybody happy. But when you follow Jesus, the reality is he's going to call you to do things that you're going to have to adjust every area of your life. And you're going to have those moments where you're at a crisis of belief. And in those moments, I want to encourage you, say yes. Obey. That's so good. And um, the reality is that, like he said, it is a cost. You know, it is going to be a cost to move forward in obedience. You may have to leave behind your titles, whatever you associated with, we're going into election. You may have to walk away from some things that you've known to walk into what God's calling you to. It's going to be a little uncomfortable. But here we go. Step seven, one of my absolute favorite, because it kind of feels like the reward. So step seven says you come to know God by experience as you obey him. And he accomplishes his work through you. You know, I shared that we started this journey of experiencing God, I don't know, nine or 10, almost 10 years ago. And this, this journey of understanding these realities more and more and practicing them. And what we ultimately found was that success equals obedience. That's good. Say it again. Success equals obedience. And we have to remind ourselves of that all of the time when we are trying to measure, engage, you know, how are we doing? Are we listening? Are we obeying? Are we putting a dent? Are we, are we hitting the mark? Are we advancing the kingdom? 
And at the end of the day, you know, we, we said this a lot when we first moved here. Our babysitter um, said yes to Jesus, got, got baptized. And we looked at each other in that moment and we said, man, if it was just for her that we moved to Boulder, it was worth it. Because God is changing lives and the obedience, the, the results, the outcome, whatever he's called you to, however he's called you to speak out in this season, however he's had, called you to have those hard conversations with family and friends, the outcome is not up to you. The success, the outcome is up to Jesus. Our job is obedience. And the beautiful, the rewarding part of it is the more we practice that yes and the obedience, the more we experience God. We understand his heart more. We get to relish in the reward of his blessing and his favor on our lives because he's gonna grant us more and more responsibility as we continue to say yes and yes and yes more and more. And ultimately that's just a gift that we get. That's it. I mean, we can look back over some of the first yeses in our marriage together, our, our couple yeses. And we can, we can look back and we were just recounting some of those earlier. And he said, man, had we not said yes here, I wonder if we would have experienced God this way. I wonder if we would have, you know, shied away in this season, you know, when we moved to Boulder, it was hard. You know, we were really uncomfortable. We had no community. It was really hard to meet any believers. And we, there were several days and moments that we said, do we really believe this is what God's called us to? And we went back through those realities, through those crises of belief. We have so many, every single day we have crises of belief. And then at the end of the day, the question is, are we listening and are we obeying? Because he's inviting us. He's speaking, he's working. And this last step of obedience actually puts feet to his words. Because for whatever reason, God chose to use us to do his work in advancing the kingdom here on earth. And that's gonna take action. I wanna close with really talking to three different people. Uh, one, you're watching this and if you're being honest, you're a little bit of a skeptic, maybe a little bit of a cynic, and this is your first time maybe tuning into a church for, for your whole life maybe even, or maybe you walked away from the church and maybe you're giving it one more shot. And you're hearing all of us talk about how like God is at work and you're thinking, well, he's not at work in my life. Uh, I wanna talk to you and I wanna encourage you right now as you open up your heart to just say, what if, what if God is working? What if I'm not watching this on accident? What if I'm here for a purpose? And if that's you, I wanna tell you with all of the confidence that I have that you are here for a purpose, that God does love you. And wherever you are, our mission statement at Pinewood is to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus. So if you're a skeptic and you're a cynic, Welcome to the family. Most of, most of us here at Pinewood were slash are either skeptics or sinners. And we want to meet you there, walk this journey with you and point you to Jesus. And then I want to talk to the person who's watching this and they're thinking to themselves, I, it's been a real struggle for me in this season, even just watching the history and the making. 
series and being a part of everything that's happening in our nation. It's just a struggle. And I feel like I've been trying to do it on my own. And so that's our hope and our prayer is to always to point you back to God. We're not going to have all the answers. We don't have many answers. <laughs> God's word has the answers. God has the answers. And we want to point you to Jesus, point you to God. And so wherever you are, I want you to take just a minute. We're going to go into a song of response. And I want you to take just a minute to pray, to look over your notes, and to ask God, where am I on this journey, in these steps? And I want you to be obedient wherever God is calling you to take your next step. And then the third person that I want to talk to today is the person who watched this message, and you just feel God drawing you. The Holy Spirit is, is just convicting you right now. He's, he's pulling you in, and you're saying, Pastor, I want to say yes to Jesus today. I don't want to end this service without giving you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. We believe that uh, receiving the free gift of salvation is just saying yes to God's gift. God wants to give you a gift of grace. God sent his son Jesus into the world to die for your sins and for my sins. And it's through his death, burial, and his resurrection that we can have life and have hope and be joined into the family and be reconciled to God. So I want to invite you right now. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to pray it out loud. And if you're watching this, I want you to pray this prayer out loud with me. And I don't believe that the prayer saves you. It's only your faith, your trust and dependence on Jesus Christ that saves you. But I do believe that this prayer is a public declaration that you are making Jesus Lord of your life. Would you pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, I acknowledge that I need you. I confess that I have sinned against you. And right now, by faith, I say Jesus is Lord. Thank you for forgiving me. By your grace, I am saved. And by your power, I am set free. God, we love you so much. And we're so thankful for everybody that said yes to you right now. God, I believe that's the best decision they'll ever make in their entire lives. God, I pray for everybody that's watching this, that is at different places on their spiritual journey, God, that you would just draw us, Father. Speak to us through however you want to, that we would be drawn to your truth and how you're wanting to lead and guide us in this season. For those that are in a crisis of belief, Father, may they make the right adjustments. For those, Father, that don't see you at work, may you reveal to them how you're at work. Father, we look to you as our hope, as our solution, and as our Lord, and as our Savior. And we submit to your authority. We love you so much, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more, or if you'd like to join us on a Sunday, head on over to pinewoodboulder.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. And if you'd like to be notified every time we post new content, then subscribe. And remember, just keep coming back.